0: Hey folks, hopefully you can hear me okay. I have left my headphones in the car and quite frankly didn't want to take the time to go back out and get them. I am back from temporary hiatus. Sorry about the lack of warning on that and on my fall schedule. So this fall we will be praying together evening prayer and I would love your feedback about whether you like the evening prayer better, or the morning prayer, or if it doesn't make a difference to you. Um, I think I've told you guys this before, it takes me about two hours to, even though it's probably an hour or less on your end, to actually go through the prayer, um, which isn't typical. I am definitely, I spend more time involved in it than, than many. You can actually just read evening prayer um, with no commentary or anything in probably about 15 to 20 minutes. So it's definitely self imposed. And I do uh, love it. And it definitely gives me back tenfold anything um, that it might give to others. Thank you for being here. Um, so anyway, all of that being said, unfortunately, I just can't at this time, maybe later, but do a recording of morning and evening prayer. So I generally have to choose one of the two. So uh, based on my fall schedule and my son's fall schedule, it looks like it's going to be evening prayer. So again, let me know. Let me know what you think. That being said, we're going to start in Enriching Our Worship Volume 1. God is Spirit And those who worship must worship in spirit and in truth. And then for the confession of sin based solely on my personal preference, we'll transition to page 116 of the Book of Common Prayer. Dear friends in Christ, here in the presence of Almighty God, let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us, forgive us all our sins through Jesus Christ, strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. Switching back to Enriching Our Worship 1. O oh God, be not far from us. Come quickly to help us, O oh God. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. The Holy One is in our midst O come, let us worship Come, let us sing to God Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving And raise to God a shout with psalms For you are a great God You are great above all gods In your hand are the caverns of the earth And the heights of the hills are yours also The sea is yours, for you made it and your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us bow down and bend the knee, and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For you are our God, and we are the people of your pasture and the sheep of your hand. Oh, that today we would hearken to your voice. The Holy One is in our midst. O come, let us worship. Our psalms this evening, or our psalm this evening, pardon me, is Psalm 44. As usual, I am reading out of the New Oxford Annotated Bible, 5th edition, which is the NRSV with the Apocrypha. We have heard with our ears, O God. Our ancestors have told us what deeds you performed in their days, in the days of old. You with your own hand drove out the nations, but them you planted. You afflicted the peoples, but them you set free. For not by their own sword did they win the land, nor did their own arm give them victory, but your right hand and your arm and the light of your countenance, for you delighted in them. You are my King and my God, You command victories for Jacob. Through you we push down our foes. Through your name we tread down our assailants. For not in my bow do I trust, nor can my sword save me. But you have saved us from our foes, and have put to confusion those who hate us. In God we have boasted continually, and we will give thanks to your name forever. Yet you have rejected us and abased us, and have not gone out with our armies. You made us turn back from the foe, and our enemies have gotten spoil. You have made us like sheep for slaughter, and have scattered us among the nations. You have sold your people for a trifle, demanding no high price for them. You have made us the taunt of our neighbors, the derision and scorn of those around us. You have made us a byword among the nations, a laughingstock among the peoples. All day long my disgrace is before me and shame has covered my face at the words of the taunters and revilers, at the sight of the enemy and the avenger. All this has come upon us, yet we have not forgotten you or been false to your covenant. Our heart has not turned back, nor have our steps departed from your way. Yet you have broken us in the haunt of jackals and covered us with deep darkness. If we had forgotten the name of our God or spread out our hands to a strange God, Would not God discover this? For he knows the secrets of the heart. Because of you we are being killed all day long and accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Rouse yourself. Why do you sleep, O God? Awake, do not cast us off forever. Why do you hide your face? Why do you forget our affliction and oppression? For we sink down to the dust. Our bodies cling to the ground. Rise up, rise up, come to our help. Redeem us for the sake of your steadfast love. Reading from 1 Kings chapter 13, verses 1 through 10. While Jeroboam (laughs) Jeroboam was standing by the altar to offer incense, a man of God came out of Judah by the word of the Lord to Bethel and proclaimed against the altar by the word of God and said, O altar! altar, thus says God, A son shall be born to the house of David, Josiah by name, and he shall sacrifice on you the priests of the high places who offer incense on you, and human bones shall be burned on you. He gave a sign the same day, saying, This is the sign that God has spoken. The altar shall be torn down, and the ashes that are on it shall be poured out. When the king heard what the man of God cried out against the altar at Bethel, Jeroboam stretched out his hand from the altar saying seize him but the hand that he stretched out against him withered so that he could not draw it back to himself the altar also was torn down and the ashes poured out from the altar according to the sign that the man of God had given by the word of God the king said to the man of God entreat now the favor of God your God and pray for me so that my hand may be restored to me so the man of God entreated God, and the king's hand was restored to him, and became as it was before. Then the king said to the man of God, Come home with me and dine, and I will give you a gift. But the man of God said to the king, If you give me half your kingdom, I will not go in with you, nor will I eat food or drink water in this place. For thus I was commanded by the word of God. You shall not eat food or drink water or return by the way that you came. So he went another way and did not return by the way that he had come to Bethel. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle A, A Song of Wisdom. Wisdom freed from a nation of oppressors, a holy people, and a blameless race. She entered the soul of a servant of God, withstood dread rulers with wonders and signs. To the saints she gave the reward of their labors and led them by a marvelous way. She was their shelter by day and a blaze of stars by night. She brought them across the Red Sea. She led them through mighty waters, but their enemies she swallowed in the waves and spewed them out from the depths of the abyss. And then God, the righteous sang hymns to your name and praised with one voice your protecting hand. For wisdom opened the mouths of the mute and gave speech to the tongues of a newborn people. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Our New Testament reading this evening is is Philippians 1, 1 through 11. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, with the bishops and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you constantly praying with joy in every one of my prayers for all of you because of your sharing in the gospel from the first day until now. I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to think this way about all of you because you hold me in your heart for all of you share in God's grace with me both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I long for all of you, with the compassion of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight, to help you to determine what is best, so that in the day of Christ you may be pure and blameless, having produced the harvest of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ for the glory and praise of God. Praise... Oh, (laughs) hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle N, a song of God's love. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. Whoever does not love does not know God, For God is love. In this, the love of God was revealed among us, that God sent God's only Son into the world, so that we might live through Jesus Christ. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that God loved us, and sent God's Son so that sins might be forgiven. Beloved, since God loved us so much, we ought also to love one another. For if we love one another, God abides in us, and God's love will be perfected in us. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Mark. Glory to you, Jesus Christ. We are Mark chapter 15, verses 40 through 47. There were also women looking on from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James the younger and of Joseph and Salome. These used to follow him and provided for him when he was in Galilee. And there were many other women who had come up with him to Jerusalem. When evening had come, and since it was the day of preparation, that is, the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, a respected member of the council, who was also himself waiting expectantly for the kingdom of God, went boldly to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate wondered if he were already dead. and summoning the centurion, he asked asked him whether he had been dead for some time. When he learned from the centurion that he was dead, he granted the body to Joseph. Then Joseph brought a linen cloth, bought a linen cloth, excuse me, and taking down the body, wrapped it in the linen cloth, and laid it in a tomb that had been hewn out of the rock. He then rolled a stone against the door of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where the body was laid. The Gospel of our God. Praise to you, Jesus Christ. Let us affirm our faith together with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the parent almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our God, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of God, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We are going to, as we have been, offer special prayers for healing. Loving God, the comfort of all who sorrow, the strength of all who suffer, accept our prayers and to those who seek healing, especially all those whom we name in our hearts. Grant the power of your grace that the weak may be strengthened, sickness turned to health, the dying made whole and sorrow turned into joy. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. God, our healer, whose mercy is like a refining fire, by the loving kindness of Jesus, heal us and those for whom we pray, that being renewed by you, we may witness your wholeness to our broken world. Through Jesus Christ, in the power of the Spirit, Amen. Let's pause now and lift up those names before God and those people. Let's lift up the people and their names. Keep watch, dear God, with those who work or watch or weep this night Holy One, you do not distance yourself from the pain of your people. But in Jesus, bear that pain with us and bless all who suffer at others' hands. Hallow our flesh and all creation. With your cleansing love, bring healing and strength to your children. And by your justice, lift them up, that in the body you have given them, they may again rejoice. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Holy and Blessed One, shine on your beloved who lies sleepless. Illumine his spirit and give him rest in you so that he may recognize you as the true God who brings us out of darkness into our eternal light. Strengthen your beloved, O God, to go where we have to go and bear what we have to bear, that accepting your healing gifts at the hands of surgeons, nurses, and technicians, we may be restored to wholeness with a thankful heart. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Giver of all grace, We pray your peace, which passes all understanding, for those who are developmentally disabled. Grant that they may always be sustained in love, their gifts honored and their difficulties understood, that none may add to their troubles. We ask this in the name of the one who comforted those who were troubled in mind. Jesus, our Savior. Amen. O blessed God, you ministered to all who came to you. Look with compassion upon all who through addiction have lost their health and freedom. Restore to them the assurance of your unfailing mercy. Remove from them the fears that beset them. Strengthen them in the work of their recovery. And to those who care for them, give patient understanding and persevering love. Amen. Most holy God, the source of all good desires, all right judgments, and all just works, give to us, your children, that peace which the world cannot give, so that our minds may be fixed on the doing of your will, and that we, being delivered from the fear of all enemies, may live in peace and quietness through the mercies of Christ Jesus our Savior. Amen. Be our light in the darkness, O God, and in your great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night, for the love of your only Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. O God, the life of all who live, the light of the faithful, the strength of those who labor, and the repose of the dead. We thank you for the blessings of the day that is past and humbly ask for your protection through the coming night. Bring us in safety to the morning hours. Through He who died and rose again for us, your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And just because I love it so much, we'll say again. Keep watch, dear God, with those who work or watch or weep this night, and give your angels charge over those who sleep. Tend the sick, gracious Christ. Give rest to the weary, bless the dying, soothe the suffering, pity the afflicted, shield the joyous, and all for your love's sake. Amen. Now is the time when I usually share a few of my thoughts on the readings, and so I will do that today. Let's start with our psalm. I think most of us can identify with this. In a time of crisis, one of the cries of our heart is, why? And I... um, since I spoke with you last, I preached my first full-length sermon. So you guys know I've, I've given short talks or short sermons that were part of, like, an ecumenical service. But um, this was my first sermon. And one of the readings with that day was on the, um, the woman who was bent over and crippled, um for years and years and then healed by Jesus on the Sabbath and among other things, one of the things that I talked about was that one of my questions is always timing. Why did God wait so long to heal? Why did God have her crippled? Why did God allow her to be crippled at all? And in my sermon I said, I don't, and I believe this now, I don't have, I believe this always, I don't have a pat answer for that. I don't know why God allowed the psalmist community to be defeated in battle, because that is the context of the psalm. I don't know why the woman was allowed to be crippled. I, I do know this. I don't believe God wills it. I don't believe that God wills any of the pain or suffering or hurt that comes to and through us. But I do believe that the crippled woman, that the psalmist... that all of those who have faced a defeat or a battle have if they open themselves to it and enter into cooperation with God in their transformative process they have a perspective, we have a perspective and compassion that we would not have without that experience and that might be a long and fancy way of saying that God uses everything. But it is, I believe, absolute truth. And I also believe that it is more than okay for us to cry out to God and say, Why? Why is there grief? Why, oh my goodness, why do you take. Mother is so young, and why do children suffer with cancer? Why? And in the language of our psalmist, which was, um, hang on, I'm looking for it in my commentary. Um, sorry, yeah. In the language of the psalmist, which would have included an ancient Near Eastern motif of the sleeping God who needs to be awakened. So that's kind of the context and language that the psalmist knew. That God must be sleeping and need to be awakened. I believe, I really do, that God is always awake. <laughs> that God is the wokest of the woke. And that it is no sin That we have brought. That's part of the psalmist's cry. Is we haven't done anything wrong. Why did you allow this to happen to us? I don't believe that sin is retribution from God. Or I don't believe that sickness is retribution for sin from God. But I do believe. That having made us beautiful and imperfect. And knowing that there is an opposing spiritual force at work in the world. Really awful things happen. And they do not come from God, but God is there with us. And will see us through. Even when we don't know what the other side looks like. Even when we can't see far enough to put one spiritual foot in front of the other. This has been a common theme, I think, for many of us. Um, it has certainly been a season of grief for me and for many in my community. Communities. To kind of sum it up, I, like the psalmist, cry out, and I, like the psalmist, believe that God is our help, and that God does redeem us for the sake of God's steadfast love. And as we prayed in our healing prayers, God is with us, persevering to the end. And the end is God, with God, in God. probably went on a bit longer than I intended to on just the psalm. Forgive me for that. And then the next thing you have to forgive me for is for consistently mispronouncing Jeroboam's name. Thank you for your graciousness. I appreciate it. And in this Old Testament, this is just a really interesting one to me. It's interesting that this prophecy of the end of Israel and, as the commentator says, the profanation of the sanctuary of Bethel, by King Josiah, who will come later, is addressed to the altar. The prophet speaks, and forgive me if I get a little loose with my interpretation, it's where I am led. The prophet speaks directly to the sacred space. And I have to wonder if that includes the presence the Israelites thought of the presence of God differently than we do. You know, we have the Holy Trinity and we have this understanding of God, the triumvirate, um, and, and God, the Holy Spirit, with us always, right? That was the gift of Christ. Christ um, went to heaven to sit at the right hand of God, the parent, and the Holy Spirit is with us. So God the Holy Trinity is always with us, but the Israelites didn't think about it that way. The Israelites thought of the presence of God, you know, resting upon the cherubim on the ark. And so I wonder if the prophet here or the oracle was speaking to the presence, which would be an interesting thing because of course God is omniscient, so God knows. But at any rate, as we move through this story, the the king, Jeroboam, (laughs) moves against the prophet, the man of God, as he is described. And he is injured and then restored and repents. Honestly, not sure what the message is in context, in our today's context, for us in this moment. But I do think maybe it's important that that we like the prophet carry out God's will completely. Because the the king, after he's restored, and I think that's interesting too the king's hand was restored to him and became as it was before. Because we've talked before about restoration and what that means. And I believe that full restoration is restoring ourselves to our true selves as God created us to be. And God being timeless, that's not necessarily a snapshot in time. Um, But that being said, the king was restored. And then he um, wants the man of God to... To, he wants to reward him. And I would think that he wants to reward him not only for restoring him, but also for um, awakening him, like the realization that he he brings that the man of God brings to the king. But the the prophet won't have any of it. He says, "If you give me your half your kingdom, I wouldn't go in with you because this is what God told me to do." not to eat food or drink water or return by the way I came. And so he follows God's word, God's direction out. Even when there's maybe kind of a plot twist, you have to imagine that the prophet didn't know what kind of reception he was going to get. And so maybe when, I, I mean, I'm just, I'm really projecting into this, but bear with me for a minute. So maybe when the king repented and said, let me reward you, the prophet could have thought, oh, well, this is going differently so I'm going to re-vector but one of the things we have to remember is not to re-vector without a check from God and I think often it happens to us in the opposite way we receive direction from God and that comes in many different forms we're not going to get into that right now but and we go forward and when we don't encounter what we expect and it's usually in a negative way we change direction as opposed to persevering through. And I think that's definitely one of the lessons of this season is perseverance. We've talked about that quite a bunch, right? And so here, the prophet perseveres on his mission, despite an unexpected, pleasant response (laughs) or a good response, he is still undissuaded. So may we all be undissuaded in our missions, no matter whether we receive an unexpected good or an unexpected negative response. And thank you for that message, God. Amen. Moving on to our New Testament reading, the Philippians. I I have a certain friend that I think of every time I read this verse. I thank my God every time I remember you, constantly praying with joy in every one of my prayers for all of you because of your sharing in the gospel from the first day until now. I think maybe this is just a simple prayer. We can best just pray these verses for each other. Thank God for each other. Pray with joy. It is right for me to think this way about all of you because you hold me in your heart. For you all, For all of you sharing God's grace with me, I long for all of you with the compassion of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer. That your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight. So let me pray that for you guys. All of you, my beloveds, who are listening. Better than that, all of you, beloved of God, who are listening. I thank God every time I remember you constantly praying with joy in every one of my prayers for all of you. I think this way about all of you because you hold me in your heart. You share in God's grace with me. How I long for all of you with the compassion of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight to help you determine what is best and produce the harvest that comes through Jesus Christ for the glory and praise of God. Amen. And this brings us then to our gospel reading. And unfortunately, I've yammered too long so I'm going to have to rush through it just a bit if I want to get this posted and get to pick up Jack from Crew on time. So first of all, Interesting that the women were looking on from a distance. And that Mark notes there were women amongst Jesus' followers. I think sometimes we're called to be at a distance so that we can see the whole picture. And sometimes we are called to be up close as the women are later when they care for Jesus, when they discover the tomb empty. And I think that when we are people in positions of power like the respected member of the council we should go boldly just like he did when he went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. And then also I think it's very interesting that Pilate wonders if he's dead. He doesn't know. He's not just distant. He's detached. And I think that's an important difference for us to note as well. We can be very connected and yet physically distant or we can be detached and unaware. And there were those who were connected to Jesus who felt and saw in many different ways the time of Jesus' death. But Pilate was clueless. He had to wonder and ask the centurion. But then he granted the wish or the request that had been boldly asked by Joseph of Arimathea, And Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where the body is laid, was laid. And that's important later. Sometimes the things that we observe are important. Well, I don't want to say important now or important later, but sometimes the moment to act comes later, and we're back to perseverance and patience. So, God, I pray that we all have the discernment to know. When to be right up close and when to be at a distance and seeing the whole picture. When to act and when to observe. And may we always seek your counsel before anything we say or do. May we seek you, God. Amen. All right, well, now I've, like, really got to wrap it up, so (laughs) let me do that. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you. And you have promised through your well-beloved Son that when two or three are gathered together in his name, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O God, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth and in the age to come life everlasting. Amen. Let us bless God. Thanks be to God. Glory to God whose power working in us can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. Glory to God from generation to generation in the church